With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, Sideliners. I'm your host, Vicki Duvall. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today's episode will be a little bit different for me. I haven't been keeping up with the latest tennis news too closely, but a friend of mine sent me a text a couple days ago about the controversy with Novak Djokovic's exhibition, and then I went down a bit of a rabbit hole of catching up with the latest in the tennis world. So today I want to share some of my thoughts about the U.S. Open as well as Novak's very problematic exhibition. Before we dive in, I do want to give you my song of the week, which is a nice surprise for me to be choosing once again. If you've been following some of my latest episodes, you'll know that most of uh, the recent ones have been with guests, and I do like giving them the honors of picking a song, Uh, but the ball's in my court again this week, so yay. My song of the week is Alice by Lady Gaga. I've played Alice an unhealthy amount of times, more times than I'm willing to admit to you. (laughs) But if you do give it a listen, I hope you enjoy. So as we all know, the USTA has decided to go forward with the US Open, but with no spectators and a couple of other guidelines in place. Now I didn't know the full extent of the guidelines until I started doing some research for this podcast, and man, I can tell they're pretty extensive, which like, as they should be, but I read that some of the players aren't super happy about it. And selfishly, I'm pretty jazzed about the idea of watching the US Open, and I think Probably the majority of fans feel that way too, but I can definitely understand and accept that it's like a scary situation either way. So some of the guidelines include a negative COVID test before traveling, centralized housing, daily temperature checks, no spectators, fewer on-court officials, and no locker room access on practice days. Stacy Allister, who's the chief executive, <laughs> question mark. I was actually under the impression that she was the CEO, but I know Michael Douse, I believe, is the current CEO, so I'm not really sure what a chief executive is. <laughs> but anywho, Stacy said that if you come, you practice, and you just return back to the hotel. And my first thought is like, that car ride is gonna be awful. <laughs> it's so hot at the U.S. Open, and it's always like. humidity so no doubt everyone's gonna be super drenched after practice and I'm not really sure like unless there's gonna be another facility to change or 
to just like unwind for a second i feel like that's gonna be a miserable car ride back to the hotel another guideline is that players are limited to an entourage of one person that's what i've heard from almost everybody but i read an article that said one to two people but i believe it's just one um which is crazy to imagine how some of the players with like six to eight people around them will adjust you know one of my friends was joking and said that Serena's gonna have to carry her own bag for once, which is kind of a funny joke, but kind of true. Like, I'm pretty sure she doesn't carry her bag the majority of the time at tournaments. I mean, there's obviously instances that she has, but I think most of the time she doesn't. So that was kind of a funny little joke, but there's definitely gonna be difficult decisions to be made about team members because some players are gonna have to pick between a physio or a coach which i know for a lot of players the benefit of a physio might be more or a coach might be more so it's kind of going to be like a game of the last person standing like who's going to be victorious and get to spend a couple stressful weeks in good old new york (laughs) so as far as structure goes the main draw will be the same as usual with 128 players for singles and 32 doubles teams instead of 64 and as of now there's no qualifying i actually think i was actually thinking about whether the men will play three out of five sets or whether it will be two out of three i feel a little bit indifferent either way i mean obviously the more tennis the better i don't think anyone's gonna argue with that But I don't think any changes will be made at the executive level unless some players come forward and specifically ask that things are different. Um, Obviously, as far as sporting events go, I feel like tennis is one of the better adjusted sports in the sense that there's already a little bit of natural social distancing. And I don't think spending a little bit more time on court poses any serious or I guess elevated threat to the players in regards to contracting COVID, but we'll see if any of the ATP players decide to ask for changes going forward. So apparently there are 3,000 rooms that have been booked at a hotel in the city, and essentially most or all of the players will have to stay in the controlled locations with restrictions on when they can leave the premises, And this is kind of crazy to me. I feel like this is where my brain went. (laughs) I feel like Nobu is such a hot spot for a lot of players during the Open, which I don't completely understand, to be honest. I do have a Nobu story. So I went to one of the locations in Manhattan. I think it was like the one on 50-something Street several years ago. And I guess I don't really see the appeal in paying like $50 for one bite of shrimp, but also I'm not rich, so maybe I'm not getting it. But anyways, yes, I wonder if, you know, restaurants like Nobu are going to have a delivery service. And yeah, this is where my brain goes (laughs) as far as restrictions in the hotel. But I know Bianca Andrescu and Serena Williams are some of the players on the women's side who have committed to playing and Bianca will be defending her title, and Serena will be chasing the elusive numero 24, which I honestly would really love to see her achieve. I feel like, you know, she's already made history so much, but she's just so close to that milestone, and it would be really cool to see her achieve it. 
And Serena released a video, I think maybe on Instagram, where she said that she can't wait to return to the U.S. Open and that she feels like the USTA will do a great job ensuring that everyone is safe. And, I mean, obviously there's no guarantee of that, but I really hope so as well. I think either way it's going to be a stressful couple days for everyone involved. But I think that having a big name like Serena is huge for the USTA because their revenue is going to be solely from TV and sponsors. And last year, around 850,000 people attended the US Open. Can you imagine? Like, that's a lot of money from ticket sales. That's crazy. So her commitment to play is going to be unreal for TV engagement. So that's good. Uh, and other news. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, reading articles about this story made my blood boil because I literally just couldn't understand how something like this could happen and how people could have such little disregard for public safety. Is it regard? Such little regard for public safety and just the recklessness, my god. So Novak Djokovic and his squad decided to set up the Adria Tour in Croatia, which was like a round-robin format with a handful of other ATP players. I didn't catch wind of this event happening until my friend sent me a link to a tweet um, where Novak and friends were dancing in a club, not following any safety precautions whatsoever. So Grigor Dimitrov tested positive for covid and then Borna Chorich also released a statement saying he's positive. Four people so far have tested positive for COVID. And the other two are Novak Djokovic's fitness coach, who is Marco Panico, and Dimitrov's coach, who is Christian Gro. There are videos all over the internet of players hugging, partying, playing basketball, gathering in large crowds. I saw the event organizers, who are all part of Novak's team, by the way, they released a statement and said they followed health and safety guidelines and they're super sorry to have to cancel the event or I guess the finals of the event because of the latest positive testing and that they followed guidelines like what? Where? <laughs> I mean, come on, literally no safety protocols were put in place as far as social distancing or anything of the sort like this honestly makes me so mad because there were kids involved as well how can you risk the lives of so many people and just not even care i just really don't understand so a couple players took to twitter to share some thoughts about the whole thing and nick curios said boneheaded decision to go ahead with the exhibition Speedy recovery, fellas, but that's what happens when you disregard all protocols. This is not a joke. And I agree, like my goodness. And British tennis player Dan Evans said, Novak Djokovic should feel some responsibility for his event and how it has transpired. It's a poor example to set, even if the guidelines in that country are not two meters. And honestly, like, I have no idea what the current guidelines are in Croatia, but surely gathering in such large crowds is not the smartest thing to do. And I'm going to have to agree with Dan that I do hope that he's taking responsibility because this was his event, his planning, and, you know, players are positive now, and it was just, it just seems so reckless. 
So last but certainly not least, my absolute favorite tweet was from Andy Roddick. So basically someone posted a collage of three pictures with eight players standing, or I guess all the eight players that were in the event. They were standing on the podium for a group picture, and then there's another picture of them at the beach, and a final picture of Novak Djokovic hugging Marin Cilic post-match. And Andy responded to that tweet and said, apparently there's a pandemic, dot, dot, dot. Oh my god! (laughs) This absolutely killed me. I gotta love a little subtle shade. Yes, Andy, tell him. (laughs) Well, sideliners, that'll do it for this week's episode. A bit of a shorter one. I hope you enjoyed this recap of the latest tennis news. Like I said, a little bit different format for me, but I actually had a lot of fun recording this, and I hope you had fun listening to it. Please learn from the individuals mentioned today on what not to do, and please stay safe out there. Thank you again for joining me, and I'll catch you next week. Bye!